This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. With COVID-19, Americans are spending more time than ever online for work, for school, for entertainment and socializing. But one expert says our online privacy may be at greater risk than ever. The pandemic has made it worse because we're all online all the time now. People who were doing things at work, now all of that is in the home. Kids who are going to school. Then, we'll talk to the founder of an organization that employs only convicted felons. It occurred to me that I could perhaps tackle the problem of recidivism, even though I had no direct involvement in prisons, by creating an or vertical farm and hiring exclusively returning citizens. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Americans go online to work, to socialize, to shop, to be entertained, but how much of our personal data is being mishandled or sold to others? Our next guest says changes are needed to better protect us. He is Stuart N. Brotman, author of Privacy's Perfect Storm, Digital Policy for Post-Pandemic Times. Stuart, there have been major database breaches for years. Personal data has been stolen and sold How has the pandemic made the situation worse? The pandemic has made it worse because we're all online all the time now. And so essentially we were living our digital lives before. And then when the pandemic hit, we basically intensified just about every digital activity. So now people who were doing things at work, now all of that is in the home. Obviously, we have kids who are going to school. We have people who are being diagnosed with telehealth. So virtually everything about our lives these days, and obviously getting information about the pandemic, we tend to be getting that particularly updates online. So everything is intensified because the digital aspect of our lives has intensified. And as a result, we're both sending more information, more People are asking us for personal information, and obviously, particularly at the business level, businesses, when you're in a company, typically can manage that because they have internal networks. But now all of us are working at home, and we don't have one centralized business network. Most people are using their home networks, and obviously a number of them are not secure, and clearly there's not that level of sophisticated IT support. So in some respects, the COVID has changed everything, and that's really why I talk about the perfect storm. Before that, obviously, we had some major developments in terms of new laws that had been put in place, but now, because COVID is here, that really has basically accelerated and maybe tested whether or not these laws are going to be effective in post-pandemic times. When we get a new piece of software or a new smartphone or, or anything of that nature, there's usually a terms and conditions diatribe you have to agree to. And I don't think people really read those and they can really absolve the uh, collector of data from any malfeasance. Would you agree with that? 
Survey data says that a large number of people don't even realize what the terms of agreement are. The terms of agreement are a contract. They are legally binding. And so perhaps if it was called a contract, people might look at it a little differently. And of course, the terms of agreement are written in a way to protect the service provider, not to protect the user. And there is no negotiation that goes on. You either click the button and accept or you don't get that particular service or app. They are pages and pages and pages. And typically, if you want to get an app or if you want to get a service, you just want to press that button to say accept. So there are two issues. One is that people don't read it. And secondly, they don't understand that what they're accepting is a legal contract. And obviously, if you were executing a contract, you probably would take a little more time. One of the things I've recommended is that there be some type of requirement, first of all, to put it in video format. So it's not just dozens of pages of text, but basically there would be a button that you could press that essentially would pop up with a video of someone explaining exactly what is in the terms of agreement. And then in text, I think there should be a requirement that there be some executive summary or some highlights. Here is what you are agreeing to, or here are the key points. So right at the beginning, you understand. And obviously, there would be a lot of text to follow, but at least people would understand what exactly they're agreeing to. We're talking with Stuart N. Brotman, author of Privacy's Perfect Storm, Digital Policy for Post-Pandemic Times. Stuart, there's a saying I've heard, which is, if a service is free, if a product is free, you are the product. So in other words, you can use a video website or some other app, and it costs you nothing, but you are actually paying because you're giving them all this data. Should this be made more clear to people as to what these so-called free services and sites are? Well, I think transparency is always a good principle, particularly in this area. And we just talked about terms of agreement. And in order to simplify them, you want to make them transparent to people. So I think the more information that the service provider can give on these free services, the better. It's really a consumer protection issue here. And so clearly, I think there should be some type of notice in terms of you know what is being gathered. That's where the law comes into place. So what the law does in California, for example, is it mandates that these providers have a do not sell my personal information button. And so if you press that button, essentially, you can inform the provider that you do not want your personal information collected and they need to honor that. So I would invite all of your listeners, because you can look at this anywhere in the country. You don't need to be in California. The one I always point to, because it was really one of the first, is the Coca-Cola Company. So if you go on the Coca-Cola Company website, and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll see a little box that says privacy. And then to the right of it, you'll see another little box that says do not sell. And if you press that, that is the button essentially that will inform the Coca-Cola company that you do not want any of your personal information sold. So that's a, a pretty neat protection. Obviously, it's very new. It's only in force at the beginning of this year, and it remains to be seen if people use it and how many providers are going to offer it. So we're still in the early stages, but at least there's one mechanism where people can push a button and 
protect some of their information by telling the provider that they don't want to collect it. If you could, Stuart, wave a magic wand as far as tech regulation, what would be the ideal scenario for the government to uh, come up with for regulating tech? Well, I think to some extent in privacy, it's not just a regulatory issue. So let me give you a quick example why. So right now, data privacy is regulated at the federal level, even though there's no specific law dealing with data privacy. When there are complaints against big tech companies, they typically go to the Federal Trade Commission. And the Federal Trade Commission has very broad consumer protection powers. So there are about a thousand people who work in that bureau of the Federal Trade Commission in consumer protection. How many do you think are assigned to work on data privacy? I'll tell you, it's 40 people, 40 people for over 300 million Americans. So to some extent, it's a very difficult task from a resource standpoint. You could have the most perfect law, but you would need so many people and so many resources attached to enforce the law. And unfortunately, one of the aspects of COVID is that budgets are going to be cut. They're going to be reallocated clearly. A lot of money will go into public health and education and other services which have been hurt during the pandemic. So regulation, I think, is part of it, obviously. But I've always said that we really need to come up with a holistic approach, which includes regulation, but it includes, obviously, our own behavior. It includes the private sector. So I really advocate for a much more robust System where we're not just looking at the law to control and enforce all of these aspects. Stuart N. Brontman, author of Privacy's Perfect Storm, Digital Policy for Post-Pandemic Times. Stuart, we want to thank you for joining us today. Been great talking to you. Next, Second Chances for Convicted Felons. That story. Coming up, you're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 